It's going to be ironic if Twitter Spaces just starts working flawlessly. <laughs> <laughs> like a last desperate plea to keep us. You, you, you know who did, always did this to me? Providence. So you and I both went to school in Providence, Rhode <laughs> Island. And Providence could see through time and space and knew when I was going to the airport to leave Providence. And it was then and only then that, I mean, the most beautiful days I've ever seen in Providence were when I was on the way to the airport. I'm like, damn it, Providence, you've done it again. (laughs) It's like the opposite of the Stephen O'Grady effect. (laughs) It is absolutely the opposite of the Stephen O'Grady effect. Yeah, I was, uh, so uh, people should, I was incentivized to, everyone in Providence should have been incentivized for me to leave Providence. (laughs) Um, So I'm glad I feel I mean, just knowing what has happened inside of Twitter, I am waiting for this whole thing to collapse at any given second. And I, and I mean, like, technically collapse. I mean, like... No, I, I totally. Like, I saw this Twitter thread where it was like, uh, I guess all weekend, the notification counts have been busted. Have you noticed this? Yeah, I th- I had heard that. And I'm looking for... Hold on, I'm going to send Chris an invite. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. Um, <laughs> and then he got the boss... Uh, making claims about RPCs and like getting into discussions with engineers, like in public about technical details. Just, I mean, it's that that was particularly bonkers. Uh, the the whole like apologizing for the number of the, the of RPCs uh, of RPCs. <laughs> it's like, are you going to? Because you know, you and I both share that someone who we we decided a micromanager was was unacceptably fine grained to describe him, and I think we ended up describing him as either a nano manager, a pico manager, or a femto manager, depending on what his disposition was. But do you remember when this this is a VP who was like on us about the instruction sequence? You were using for these guys. Remember this? Yes, I do. And and we and we were. I remember both of us being like, "Well, that answers that question." Like Mark will attempt to manage to the instruction level. He actually. There is that thing no bounce, which you will not sink. This is like a four bite comment that we were that we are down to, like that level <laughs> right. of detail, like these four <laughs> particular bites. He is managing to the 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 bite uh, level, and um, hold on, let me just DM. I, I I don't know. Unfortunately, one of the challenges of platform collapse is like I don't know which platform to DM people on. Like, are we? uh it is it, we're definitely living we're, we're eyewitnesses to history for sure um so let me give me just a second yeah, yeah. It, you know it, it does feel like uh like this website is just hanging on by a thread uh it, it also just lunacy to think like if you if you fire all the engineers and the people keeping things up that somehow twitter would continue to exist without hiccups um just well, yeah, and we are kind of doing a weird experiment of like what does happen if you actually uh, get rid of all, say, the SREs. Like, how does the system collapse exactly? <laughs> also incentivized by asking folks to go on a death march to prove their worth and then immediately ending the thing that they death marched for with like the blue check mark, $8 subscription or whatever. Pretty astounding. And I mean, I would, again, I, I'm loath to kind of turn this into something broader and more strategic, but if you wanted to deliberately demoralize people, like that's, a, that's actually the goal. Hmm. That's actually like a pretty effective way to demoralize people. Yeah. Is, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, to, no, totally. And on, on all of this, like would defy imagination in Silicon Valley, right? The HBO writers would say, guys, no, 
no, no, come on. Yeah, g- g- the, g- this is just lazy writing. Yeah. Yeah, so no, the, it's... I, I'm waiting for anything again kind of structurally to happen. Um, and I know that we, we definitely need to find a new home. Actually, Adam, do you want to give me a quick update um, while we're waiting for Chris on the, the, the search for new social audio space? Because it's... I think it's not going great, but... <laughs> um, was this on me? Um, no, 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 so, no, it's on you. I'm, just, yeah, sorry. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, uh, yeah, we're looking for new social audio space. Um, folks have made some good suggestions. Uh, Discord seems promising. Uh, Twitch seems credible. Um, I did evaluate one that sort of had a 1997 AWT kind of UI feel to it. Um, but I think, I don't know, I, I haven't bounced this off you, Brian, so let's do it live. Uh, I think we should find like three or four that we're willing to kick the tires on and like maybe schedule yeah. half an hour or something on each of them just yes. to give it, uh, you know, a, a, an earnest evaluation. Um, and maybe we cut it off earlier for like, nope, you know, Discord's good enough or whatever it is. Then maybe we say we don't need to evaluate the rest, but throw a few in the pile and um, invite anyone who wants to yammer with us. Uh, maybe we'd do it as an AMA or something. Yeah, that'd be great. I, and uh, then we can kind of uh, test run various features and so on. No, I think that that'd be great. I think so. Some of the things that we're looking for, which I, Adam, to us, this feels like really natural, but it seems like there's just not something that hits the sweet spot. So we want, we need the ability to have lots of people listen simultaneously. Um, Especially uh, whenever Kelsey Hightower joins, we always have like a thousand people pour in. So we we definitely need to have the ability to have like thousands on the order of thousands. Um, We need the ability uh, to have speakers. I think, Adam, one of the things you and I really like is the ability for us to dynamically have speakers join us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, In part because it's great when people show up. Also in part because we're bad at planning. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, yes. I think both of these things, though. Actually, it's I mean, the, that's it's the yin and the yang. Yeah. It, it is actually both of these things. It's not merely that we're bad at planning. No, no, no. Absolutely, that is just a factor. Right. The and I think it's also that we we like that serendipity of it. Um, and I feel like we had some of the most valuable contributions from folks that have um, that we we you and I don't personally know, and yeah. they introduce themselves and. Uh, I mean, if people haven't, the uh, please go back. I mean, talk about last week's space. Vivid, vivid example of this, where one of the things that we were talking about in particular with the the way these playoffs were mishandled at Twitter was the effect on those that are in the U.S. on a visa and uh, a bunch of immigrants um, who were who'd been in the U.S. for various lengths of time. Some were sharing their experiences and some we knew and some we didn't. And I thought that was really meaningful. It was great, and um, I think shame on me and my own privilege that I did not see the depth of that discussion coming, and I was really uh, appreciative of the folks who had joined us. Yeah, well, and that's honestly, like, I, I mean, I feel I, had I not married an immigrant, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if people realize how, anyway, that was, that was great, great to get people sharing their stories. So we really like that aspect of it. We like that the, and so Adam, this is, and this is a good kind of segue into uh, into what we want to get to today and talking about Mastodon and the Fediverse and, and get Chris talking here about, about her experiences with, with Hackaderm. So I've been kind of doing a mental inventory of what has been good about Twitter and what has been not so good about Twitter and what is like both good and not so good about Twitter. So I, I don't know if you've got kind of specific thoughts of, of things that 
that you like like what is the what are the ways in which twitter has most uplifted your life i think that when i have had these serendipitous conversations in particular with people i really admire and respect uh, i'll give you an example that comes to the top of mind there's this guy andy anatko who's a tech writer has been a tech writer for a very long time because i used to read his articles in the mac user magazine uh, oh, wow. in the 90s and would like love this guy, right? Like, I mean, when I was like 12 or 13 or whatever, was super into this guy. Uh, I had written this, this uh, article that got picked up by ours about um, ZFS and macOS. And uh, I, you know, engaged with him on Twitter about how much he loved this article. And it just like warmed my heart. Uh, and it was a delightful interaction. Okay, so th th that and th this is, and I think this is what the real power of Twitter, where you are interacting with someone that you follow but doesn't necessarily follow you. Yeah, this is like when uh, have you listened to any Loyal Corner? By the way, have we talked about Loyal Corner? Yeah, I don't know that we've talked about it on the show, but uh, I, we've definitely talked about it. Uh, okay, I definitely have talked to you about Loyal Corner. Uh, uh, hip hop artist, unbelievable artist, and I he liked one of my replies to his Ooh. tweets. Oh God, I was just like, oh man, this is celebrity, baby. Just rub uh, it all over yourself. Rub yes. it all over. But it's just like it was a good reminder of that feeling of like, wow, that feels good. It feels good. Like I've got someone whose work I have admired from afar, who's engaging with me, and that feels good. And you know, I, I know we've been able to return that favor a bunch in our careers. So that's okay. Good. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good. That's a good one in the like positive vibes. Um, the other, you know, on, yeah. on the other side of the ledger, I yeah, would let's say, go to the other ledger. And, and this, this may be sort of my naive initial introduction to Mastodon that, um, I feel like Twitter as it, as it evolved kind of pushed, changed my behavior in ways that I didn't appreciate. And until, until getting back to Mastodon where, you know, there was, um, you know, I think it, it started to encourage, um, this kind of um, strive for virality. Yes. And, and yeah. I think one of the big changes is when likes became part of the algorithm and something that it would share. And so the, the, the you know, internal calculus of when you like something changed and the internal calculus of kind of how you phrase things to play into that algorithm kind of changed and um, and I think probably you know from my perspective not for the better not not for deeper conversations but for ones that were more pithy and more appealing and often like dunking on folks yes um, and and that was deliberate right like because that's fun and that drives engagement and that's that's uh, keeps eyeballs on it and I think it was very effective but I'm not sure I liked it you know especially when I look at the the cumulative effects. Totally. And I think that, I mean, this is where Twitter would piss me off and I would say us off. And there's a degree to which we liked it. I mean, I came back for it. I, and I like, it, like, that's not, this is not the better angels of my nature. And, you know, so I think like the, the right at the cross section of this, and this is again, a good segue to get into like Mastodon and how it's different. So Mastodon does not have quote tweets. And what's your take on that? Adam. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a a good way to prevent me from dumping dunking on people, right? It, it really is, and it's like there's a great piece by the and I shut the name in front of me, but the the um, uh, the, the CEO um, of um, of Mastodon.social, I guess, um, explaining that this is like a deliberate decision, 
Um, and I, it's like really interesting because it does kind of cool it off. Um, and it, the discussions are being much better. So I think that Nova, you're you're here. I want to get you in here because the, the um, we are uh, you know you, you've been um, maybe you could describe your own journey with Mastodon um, because I mean you, you've been uh, really helping get our tribe on Mastodon. Hackathon.io. Hey, hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, is this it is on. on. Yes, You're yes. on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm glad you said something. I was, like, trying to jump in. It was it was taking a lot for me to, like, chew on my tongue here and not opine. No, opine. Please. Situation. Yeah, go for it. Um, but, yeah, so, like, let me answer your, your, your most recent question. Uh, how did we get on Mastodon? I mean, uh, so I run a Twitch stream, and we have been, like, kind of dealing with the whole, like, Twitter like fiasco anyway for the past few months and one of the things we do on twitch is we like try out new software and we try out new things and we kind of build stuff in my home lab so like our very small like streamers only little group of hackers you know decided to set up a mastodon server i think in april of this year and well like you know fast forward and now you know a substantial part of the internet is moving on to these servers that sit behind me on my Twitch channel. And we're like, oh my gosh, we actually have production infrastructure now. So that's kind of like how the, the story of Hackaderm came to be. That is awesome. So you, I, I, almost like, and when you, because obviously in April, I mean, this clearly corresponds to Musk saying that he's going to buy Twitter. Are you thinking like, this may be the lifeboat we all need to crawl into? Or are you just like, this is something I kind of want to experiment with? Um, I mean, I think both, right? Like, I think... One of the things I remind myself about the internet is like any large like change has always kind of been uncomfortable and unexpected. Um, and like looking back to like IRC and email and like, uh, you know, joining Facebook even like when I was in college, right? Like this, it was controversial. It was hard. It was different. It was weird. I hated it at first. Even Docker. Right? Yeah. The first time I ran a Docker container, I was pissed. I, can I swear here? But I was. Oh, off, yes. <laughs> right. Um, it sucked. I fucking hated yeah. it. Right. I, I yeah. wanted to SSH into it. It was horrible. It, it stopped in the middle of running it. And then like it would be gone forever. And I just wanted my text file back. And like I, I remind myself of all of this. And I say, like, maybe this is just like a new paradigm that like I'm just not like used to. And I haven't taken it into like my own way of dealing with the Internet. Right. Because like, like whether or not I want to admit it, like I'm my my well-being and my mental health is way more coupled to the Internet than it should be. <laughs> I think you speak on behalf of all of us here. <laughs> yeah. think, uh, totally. OK, so there's a lot to unpack there. I think you've nailed a bunch of really important points, one of which being that like these transitions often are uncomfortable to the point that people kind of draw the wrong inference of this. Like, oh, if my technology is uncomfortable, it must be the next revolution. It's like, no, 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 that's not the way it works. It'd be, it, 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 just because your technology is hard to use doesn't make it the next, the next kind of thing where we are going. But it's often true that when you've got people pouring into something for good and external reasons, there's not, yeah, there are a lot of things that need to be improved. And I, yeah. I was going to say, like, I think, I think it's improvement. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with like, um, you know, just because your technology is new or different or sucks or people don't like it doesn't mean it's going to be big. I, I think timing is what we have here. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like and, and we talk about this all the time in the VC circles. It's like you have to have a good product and you also have to time the market right. But like this whole thing is just timed perfectly. Like with the implosion of Twitter, 
plus the like economic state of the world and the fact that our economy is dipping plus the fact that like a whole new generation of technologists are like moving into the scene for the first time in their lives and they have a completely different relationship with the economy than like folks like we did like this whole thing is just timed perfectly in my opinion uh, totally and i loved mentioning the, the, that rising generation of technologists because the why by the way that rising generation of technologists did not grow up on twitter they are not like they they grew up in actually a much more defragmented world, much more fragmented world, rather, where they I mean, speaking on watching my own kids, right, who are on Snap for this. My they're on Twitter for, for things that look more like, my kids treat Twitter the way I treat LinkedIn. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, and, timing, I, I'd say I don't think the timing is like the thing because uh, GNU Social has been there for 10 years and there are still instances of GNU Social and the protocol evolved essentially from what GNU Social was talking about. I well, think it's the thing that it was here when the Twitter imploded. Well, I think you know, the, the, that's definitely right. But I do think that, that you needed this timing element. And I actually think I joined Mastodon on when a lot of people seem to join it on was I think April second, twenty seventeen. I've even tried to go back through and like what happened on April second on Twitter, um, and I think it must have just been that Mastodon announced itself. Uh, um, the because I noticed that a bunch of people joined that same time, and I did, and I think Chris, you probably did the same thing where you hopped on there because were you on Mastodon before April of this year? Uh, no, 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 I was not. We oh, we you were not. Oh, okay. Server. Okay. Yeah, and and that was like like I think it was like me and my my partner Q like we we were like you know users one and two of Hackaderm and that was our intro to the to the Fediverse right like, okay. it was so like you had not been on the Fediverse at all prior to that no interesting okay so then could you actually let's just get this out of the way because you got you run your own instance which has been terrific and I think a lot of people have a first question of like wait a minute what is this thing. What does federated mean? What does it mean to have an instance? Could you describe a little bit about what it means? Yeah, okay, so this is awesome. So we, I talk about this all the time, and, and this is really the thing that got me like most excited about Mastodon in general. So like small amount of context, I, I work at GitHub. I am a large distributed systems expert. I've been building large production platforms for the past 10 years, and this whole concept of like federated technologies is something that has been on my radar for the past half decade or so. And like, we see this with Kubernetes and we see this with like how people manage auth and identity. And this is this concept in general of like having a lot of small pockets of infrastructure that then like communicate between each other and build more of like a mesh topology is actually a much more resilient and much more sustainable architecture when you start dealing with these like large global systems and like mastodon takes that and applies like the social media element to it and basically like your mastodon instance is your little neighborhood and your portal into the world and it works a lot like like email right like you have a fully qualified name just like you do with with email and your neighborhood has like it's a unique experience it's unique to the folks that are on your little neighborhood and that you completely have the keys to the kingdom there right like you just run the open source software but you define your own moderation policies and your own privacy policy and like i could go on now and shut it down or kick everybody off or like you know let only my friends join or pretty much do whatever i wanted to and it gives you a lot of control and freedom to like build your own little internet community the beauty of it though is you can then federate and talk to anybody else in the fediverse so it's just like email there's only one 
universe, but you have your own little like pocket of data in the corner of it. It's really, really exciting. Hey, well, and so uh, there are a lot of things that I, I like about that. Uh, and actually, I should say first, when we did our, our immediate post Elon Musk Twitter episode, the Thursday took over and we had charity on and it's kind of a, a random assortment. And I said that, like, you know, defederation is actually not something that I want. I think I, what I want is a single source and a product. Having been on Mastodon in the two weeks since, I really love it, actually. Uh, it's nobody to your point. And I love, and I think that you, you kind of were alluding to this, but the fact that there is a, a human being or a collection of human beings running this instance gives it a great community feel that you don't get on these larger social networks. And I think it, it, it rate, I mean, I would love to get your take on this. Do you think it makes people feel a greater sense of responsibility to know the human beings at the other end of their, uh, that are admins on their instance? I personally, I think so. I, I think this whole thing is about accountability and responsibility. And, yeah. and, and it, it's, it's like breaking down that facade between like the consumer and the service provider. Right. Like, and, and I don't like, I wrote a whole book on this about like, you know, being hypercritical of late stage capitalism and like, you know, the trauma that has caused an entire generation of people. But like to summarize, like, I really think that we're bringing people up with this idea that like, you, you don't deserve a hug unless you have a receipt to go along with it. Right. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like this very, like, like it's this very transactional relationship that like we're bringing into our living rooms we're bringing into like our children's lives. And in my opinion, this kind of breaks that down. Right. Like it's no longer this invisible service provider that is this faceless entity that you can go scream and yell at and criticize and and like deal with all of this trauma around. Oh, it's it's a person. It's me. It's Chris Nova. Right. And it's my right. community. It's GitHub.com slash Hackaderm. Right. Like it's a real place. And we see this with businesses. It's just the small business of Twitter. And I fucking love it. It's amazing. It, 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 it's, it's like the, the social media walkability score. It's like the social media <laughs> walkability score is like 100 in, in, at Hackender. Chris, is, is there some analogy to be drawn between, say, like Comcast and your local ISP? Is that like sort of a, a reasonable way to start thinking about it? I, I say Twitter is Walmart and uh, <laughs> Mastodon is like a local coffee shop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. Where it's like, and, and people know your name, and, then, and it's like, but this local coffee shop cannot possibly feed all of Sacramento. It's like, yeah, that's actually not the point, by the way. So, right. yeah. Well, it's, in, in terms of how you feed Sacramento or whatever, well, can you talk a little bit, Chris, about the hardware and the logistics of running a Mastodon server? Just because, um, you know, I see lots of them popping up now, and I don't know whether this is like a small AWS instance or a room full of Colo or how that scales with users or that, that'd be, that'd be fascinating to hear about. Yeah. So I'm going to do a totally shameless plug here. Yeah. Um, if, if, if y'all go to twitch.tv slash Chris Nova, you can see I'm actually live right now. You can actually see the, uh, the server behind me um, nice. live on Twitch and you can see me talking to you all, but uh, yeah, it runs and I have a little half cabinet that sits in my basement and it's got a couple of old, it's got one Dell R670 and, three R630s that we call the Animaniacs, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. And those all run on a single, one single fiber optic connection or a connection that comes through my basement. I, I pulled the wire myself when we first bought the house like two months ago. Um, I, so I gotta say, just hearing your machine names, I'm like, pets not cattle, baby. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the, because I feel like that's something also that we, have kind of lost in the elastic infrastructure. It's like you can still actually have infrastructural pets. It's actually that's actually a good thing. There's the, the 
you can have dynamic, dynamically provisioned, but still instances that you love. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's where we are, right? Like, like I, like, don't get me wrong. I'm all about large, dynamic, elastic infrastructure where we have tens of thousands of servers online, right? Like I, I work at GitHub. I've worked at Twilio. I've been working in Kubernetes for the past decade or 16, however long that is since 2016. But like, this is, this is small, right? Like we're yeah. doing, you know, 500 gigabytes of traffic a day. And like, it's, we have, I think 300 gigs of storage right now. Like most of our, our data is just traffic and like we can load balance that across three nodes. And to be honest, like uh, one of the things one of my colleagues at GitHub said was she was like, this is like the, the greatest experiment the internet has ever seen because everybody who's experimenting right now has gone through this whole thing before. We all have like some battle scars mm. track records behind us. And so like, I'm looking at this with like, we have folks from Google who work on the infrastructure with me and we have folks who, you know, work on the Rust programming language who work on Hackaderm's infrastructure. And we're, we're trying new things. We're like talking about multicast again, right? And we're, we're like talking about like, how would we actually go and, and build a vertically scaled piece of infrastructure with a presence around the world with like our data that we want to preserve. And our conversations are less about like, do we have a bunch of dynamic servers and more about like, which country do we put the data in, right? Like, it's like very, like, it's a human thing again. It's really fascinating. Yeah, God, there's a lot there that's really interesting. And actually, I, I, as you're describing it, I'm thinking like, is this a, is like an almost an analog for the homebrew computing movement in the late 70s, where you had a bunch of people who were, you know, who were building bigger machines by day, but then coming home and having fun making smaller machines at night. And there was a lot of value to it, and a lot of experimentation that was coming out of that. Um, there's a lot of value to people running their own Mastodon instances. That's, that's, I mean, surely you're going to have uh, teenagers running their own instances and learning a lot about uh, about how to maintain infrastructure by doing that. I mean, you can also I you can also pay for someone else many. to do it for you, right? You can. There is, um, you know, Mastodon and other like hosting companies that will spin up uh, a a um, Mastodon server on your behalf and you pay them a monthly fee to be able to run that server, and therefore you still have infrastructure on your own domain, like you have Mastodon on your own domain, but you're, you don't have to deal with the, um, the it, it, overhead it, of operating that. That's what Simon, who is a, a, a listener here, has, has done with his, although he did have some issues with the uh, amount of capacity that was uh, allocated to, to his uh, particularly busy instance. And so but this is where they are handling some of the mechanics of running it, but you are still handling in this, in this case, Simon would, is still handling the kind of the human element that Chris is describing of like the actual, uh, the, the, the moderators of the, the instance. Yeah. You're still the mod on the instance yeah. and you, you, you pay for the domain and you set up the DNS to point it at, at your, um, at, at the instance that they're hosting for you. This is just, you know, a, hosting provider similar to like a WordPress hosting provider, but instead of spinning up WordPress, they're spinning up Mastodon for you. I think the other thing that's super interesting about this whole movement is the fact that it's backed by a standard. It's backed by the ActivityPub standard, and Mastodon is one implementation of that standard, but you you could re-implement it in whatever language or set of technologies that you would like. So long as you conform to the standard, you can hook into the network. I think that's super interesting. 
Yeah, and of you, um, I mean, I, I did see the, the kind of a, uh, a rejuvenation of the old Stallman. You know what? What you were calling Mastodon, I actually call Mastodon slash Activity Pub. The, <laughs> I, I, um, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, but the but it, it, it feels like there actually is something there in terms of the ability to implement different kinds of things on top of the the, un, the underlying protocol and. Th- Chris, that's something that, that you've you've seen experimentation with, or because I know you, you've had a lot of really interesting uh, thoughts on on the ways you want to extend what you've got um, and experiment with it. I mean, so this is like yet another feather in the hat of why I'm so like uh, stoked about Mastodon and the Fediverse is like like you said, it, or or, or uh, like like the other speaker said, you know, it's it's built on ActivityPub, which is an open protocol, right? Like ActivityPub is to Mastodon and the Fediverse, like SMTP is to to email. Right or Jabber or XMPP or any of these other open pro- IRC even right these other open protocols. So like one of the things that we're doing is we're we're trying to write a Rust implementation for ActivityPub right now. We're trying to set up a relay. So like this whole thing ha- it, there's so much potential here. There's so much we could do yeah. with with our data, and like it's in my opinion it's just a matter of time before we start seeing like startups hit the market with like it's like half social media, half infrastructure, something, something defederated mom and pop shop style, like services that people can go buy. But one of the things we're trying to solve right now is what is called like a relay, which basically says that like the Hackaderm timeline, which is like why a lot of people are coming to Hackaderm, we can basically bounce that over to another server and they can like meld that in with their timeline. And that all that is, is just like, it's just like a, a reverse proxy for activity pub. Um, and, you know, like you could write that in any programming language you want. And when we started looking around, like we found one that was in Go uh, originally in April. And that was the only one I could find. And already since then, there's been about three or four other ones pop up. So we're seeing like that, like uptick in innovation and projects popping up on GitHub that like we saw with Kubernetes in like early 2017. It's really, really cool to watch it happen. Th- that is really cool. And so could you talk a little bit about the timeline the kind of the local timeline versus one's own timeline. Cause the, the, that is a difference as one is coming from Twitter to Mastodon, um, a, that timeline. The easiest, the easiest way I could describe it is, and actually I'm, I'm going to do this on my stream live. If y'all are watching on my stream, if you just go look at the logs, Right. If you if you get on like your server, if you spin up a server and you go look at the logs, you can see like it's like an like an old Nginx log line for every time somebody like clicks favorite or retweets or repost something or like they go and follow someone. And in order for the server, like our server to actually like display that in your browser, we have to download and cache all of that data. So like your timeline is just composed of that cache. So it's it's everybody who's using Mastodon, uh, using Hackaderm as their portal to the world is actually like contributing to this like local cache that only Hackadermians can see. And that's what we use to feed and populate your timeline. That's really cool. And I, I do feel like uh, this is one of these uh, important differences because, the, you know, people are, again, when you're coming to Mastodon looking for Twitter, you're going to be disappointed because it, it it is different. And I think that, uh, for me personally, and Adam, I dare say for you as well, Chris, for you, like those differences have been delightful, actually. So you don't want to, um, you want to kind of embrace some of these differences. And the, it does mean that like your instance, because people, you know, the first question you ask is like, what is the importance of selecting an instance? And it is both 
it is both not a, a life altering decision, but also kind of an important decision. And it's it, 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 do you have a way of, of kind of uh, when people are asking how do they find an instance? What do you how do you uh, kind of counsel them? Oh so, yeah, looking at the logs here on your Twitch stream, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, so what what I was gonna say was like um, uh, when when I first this is another one of my weird analogies, but it'll go into answering your question. When I first started writing Rust coming over from Go, uh, there's another streamer on Twitch named Togglebit who said something. He said like if you try to tell the Rust programming language what you want it to do, you're gonna have a bad time. He was like, you have to let totally. the language teach you how it wants to be written. And he was like, until you can get over that head game switch and stop trying to put your Rust files where you want them and stop trying to, like, do things to go away and actually let the language show you, you're going to fight with it. And honestly, I feel the same thing about Mastodon. Like, there's, you have to kind of approach it with an open mind and you have to see, like, it's not going to be a Twitter replacement. But like like you said, Brian, like, it will be delightful. And so um, when, when I'm, like you know, talking with folks who are like, which instance do I join? I'm like, you can join Hackaderm if you agree with our values and our principles, but ultimately it's kind of low risk. Like yeah. you, can you can join wherever you want, you can move around. And that's like the beauty of it is like, once you're in, you can like start your own instance and move to a bigger one if you like the timeline or start your own instance. And then like, you know, try to relay with a bigger instance that you want to get more of their data from or like move from one to the other. And so like, I would honestly, I would say like, just, just pick one. And try it out, and then like if you don't like it, you know, try another one. Like you'll know when you get it. You can always move around. Yeah, it's great advice because it, it's low risk, and for a lot of folks, it seems to be paralyzing. Right, that that this is the first question that they're presented with, uh, without a lot of context for how to answer it, and with but um, you know so, something that I think we can all do more to to help new folks figure out their answer. Yeah, I, I love the low risk way of thinking about it. Is this is a low risk decision? It's not a because it's also not a zero consequence decision, but it's low risk and it's crisp. You think you, you could you can move around, you can change. So that's yeah, great, uh, a great way of phrasing it. I know we got a couple of hands up. Linear Cannon, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I was thinking about you because you had joined that space um, immediately after the Alon descended upon Twitter. And you had suggested Mastodon in that space. And I was just like, yeah, I really haven't thought about Mastodon. And I mean, now here we are only two and a half weeks later. So I'm glad you're here. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, you'll need to give me a second. I just had someone message me for work. Yeah, no worries. That's right. Um, you know, we'll come back to you. Uh, and Trana, you got your, uh, your hand up. Hey, all. Uh, can you hear me fine? We can. Uh, great. So uh, sorry, I joined late. Uh, what I wanted to say that like for some of us in some other parts of the world, the, the choosing of an instance has become so critical. For example, two years ago when we had war, um, our whole country's upstream got shut down. But while we, people were not able to communicate with each other via telegrams and signals and Facebook, which is the mainstream here, uh, all of us on our local Mastodon servers, we have, I think at this point, four Mastodon servers, each of them running on a separate ISP. And all of the ISPs are connected locally, internally in the country. So that has been our uh, like lifesaver during the war. I mean, a, a literal lifesaver in this case. Yeah, right. wow. So we were able to communicate data. And a lot of the people also jumped ship to, uh, I mean, everyone was on Telegram, obviously. Everyone was also jumped shipped on Jabber, which is like the federated version of, uh, you know, uh, instant messaging. Unfortunately, Apple killed the client on macOS. 
but uh, the, the, the concept of how, uh, the ability of running off of our own instances uh, has literally been a lifesaver. And the communities here have been growing very well, especially in the like, younglings. I'm talking like 16, 17-year-old people who are just running their own server in their own house, uh, like me. Like we, All of our instances are not DigitalOcean hosted. We run it in our own houses uh, on, on like old uh, servers with even Unicode domains that we like. So in case of, of uh, a shutdown from the government or from the upstreams, if that ever happens again, we can still keep communication internally and see what happens. And that has been, I mean, that's not for every person, but if you're in a country that something like that might happen, uh, Mastodon is definitely a jabber with it as well, a, a, a literal lifesaver. Or democracy I, th- saver. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Wow, that's uh, amazing. And the ability to continue to communicate and know that y- you've got your own channel that you that you can. And then, then do you federate that those mastodons as well? Reuse them strictly locally. Yeah, no, no, they are all fad- federated. They all have Unicode Armenian domains. You know, things like uh, uh, the term hacker in Armenian, uh, but Unicoded. Luckily, we also helped, uh, I think, one of the um, sysadmins of the servers uh, work with Mastodon on the Unicode part as well. We also deployed other types of activity pop uh, servers like Social Home and uh, PixelFed. A lot of people like to do photography. So anything that we can see running activity pop, even I personally run something called Write Freely, which is a uh, blogging platform on top of ActivityPub. And now a lot of the bloggers in Armenia are using a WordPress plugin that turns WordPress to an ActivityPub server. Wow. <laughs> oh, interesting. Great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that is, that's definitely interesting. Um, and I think that also, I mean, you, you know, one of the things that you're highlighting and trying to get part of the reason that we wanted to have this space at this time, uh, because I know we've had it at often at 5 p.m. Pacific, which is not a convenient time at all in Europe. Uh, the rest of the world has been really ahead of the U.S. on this. And Chris, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're talking about this last week because there's certainly my perception that the while the, the U.S. kind of went all in on on Twitter, uh, folks outside were rightfully looking at other alternatives. So I think as as it, as many it has happened many times before, I feel we owe a debt to those who went their own path quite a bit earlier and now those of us who are coming into it later are really able to appreciate the value of that and all of the you know having your, uh, all of your own facilities there in Tranik, um in armenia for that has been we are all able now to take advantage of it which is great yeah chris i want to give you the heads up i muted you because we were picking up a little bit of your keyboard sorry about that no, no worries actually the folks in twitch were like nova mute yourself you're being no, and it was actually getting me on Twitter. Someone's like, "Hey, is that, are those your like cherry reds I'm hearing? Because that's awesome. Like, let's talk about keyboard." I'm like, "Don't think those are actually mine. I think those are actually cherry blues. Cherry blues. There we go. Nice, nice. All right. So, Linear Cannon, are you uh, you back from your? Uh... Yep, 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 yep. So, um, yeah, that actually touched on something I wanted to say, which is the fact that yeah, when it comes to you know other activity pub stuff, like there isn't just Mastodon. There is like there in, in the same space. There's also Pleroma and uh, Miskey, which is what I use, that are implementing sort of the similar social media type of thing, and often have slightly different features than Mastodon. But yeah, also there's there's the things like uh, PeerTube, which is you know streaming video or just video replacement, like for YouTube type stuff that is also on ActivityPub. There's um, 
there's pixel fed pixel fed was mentioned which i think is meant to be it, it's for you know photo sharing it's and it's for art and then there's um uh gitty gitty uh is actually experimenting with using activity pub to federate uh like git github type issues and and things like that and uh be able to have that across instances um so there's a lot of interesting stuff in that space beyond just mastodon and there's a lot of stuff that's usable already outside of there okay million dollar question is there social audio yeah (laughs) not yet (laughs) that is not something i'm aware of there should be yet yeah, I'm hoping so because I do think that like in the the, the kind of the, the positive Twitter bucket, I Twitter Spaces has been one of has been one of if not the best features about Twitter for me. Adam, because you talk about all those things that you like. <laughs> and what's number 2? Um, you know, so, so number 2 gets more complicated, I think, actually, where you because the was that an earnest question? Sorry. No, 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 I guess I mean for me it's like I could not have told you what new features came to Twitter in the last, I don't know, 10 years. Um, you know what? I think that the new feature that came to Twitter that I really appreciate it is how hard it is to actually maintain a network that has any civility whatsoever to it. And I think that there was a huge human toll that we didn't see to create something that was even vaguely usable and that we really appreciated as the cracks have opened. Um, that that that's totally fair enough, and, and you're right that that was that comment was kind of minimizing that <laughs> effort. But I would say also that product features have yes. sort of mostly been either uh, not either something that I didn't really understand as as part of my workflow or something that seemed uh, to go away pretty quickly or often both. But uh, but but agreed. Uh, how about this? Agreed. Twitter Spaces has been great and a Twitter, great feature Twitter through, Spaces- a, through acquisition. I, yes, I think so. They, I mean, Leah Culver and her team, I yeah. think they come with their acquisition. But yeah, so I, I have, I have loved Twitter Spaces because it allows for all those things that you initially talked about that I like, why do we, I mean, Chris, you talked about like, why are we spending too much of our lives on the internet? It's because that human connection is actually really important. And I, I really love that about, about Twitter Spaces. So that's been in the, the I'm, your question about like, can we get a hopefully open protocols are going to allow for the implementation of something in the Fediverse that because I think that this is it's important. I think we've seen the value of it, and I, I'm I'm hoping that we will um, we will certainly find a replacement because we we can't stay here. Um, but uh, looking forward to that. The, so I want to get through some other things that I actually love about the about Mastodon and the Fediverse that are. Um, people coming from Twitter um, will quickly appreciate when you start using it. One is the, and Adam, you hit on this earlier, but the total absence of an algorithm. Um, the fact that your timeline is like just your timeline. Your timeline is the people that you follow and the things that they say or boost, not the things that they like. Yeah, and, and not the things that Twitter is trying to get you to engage with. You know, the tweet from 17 hours ago that you know is is so enticing that you can't look away not the tweet from 17 hours ago not the i mean that's like twitter kept putting scott adams tweets in my feed it's like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) well hey maybe maybe they realized that like anger anger no absolutely good motivator right well no that's it is that like i think whether they were doing it like deliberately of like hey let's let's mastermind the way that we get people angry and riled up because they stay on the platform or i think much more likely 
it happened like bacteria. It just kind of evolved. And, oh, our numbers are up into the right. I mean, you see this Musk is even now. He's like, Musk is like, our engagement numbers are off the roof. It's like, yeah, you want to know why? I mean, a burning building will have a lot of people gathering around it to watch it burn. <laughs> like, it, 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 that's not a business. A burning building is not a business. Um, that's exactly it, how I felt about that. I, right? I, ridiculous. And so I, I think that the, and so one of these, and we, again, we hit it on earlier, but man, the quote tweet is like right there where, because I, my first thought is like, oh, we will add, the, the quote tweet will be added masked on. And then you realize like, no, no, it's a deliberate decision to not have the quote tweet. And that was like a moment of like, I was like, the mirror was held up to me. And it's like, you, Brian, are the monster. You are. <laughs> and and I'm like, because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, what do I use quote tweets for? I use quote tweets to be shitty. I mean, that's what it boils down to at some level. Yeah, prim- I, you know, primarily. I think like sometimes we say like, you know, uh, tr- try to emphasize or say even more this or whatever. But you're right. But by and large, it's sort of like punching up, subtweeting, you know, by, you know, for the most part. Yeah. And I, then, I, then I wonder to what degree. I mean, I still like as I've been thinking about this, I'm like, cause you've said some things, too, that I'm like, oh, I really want to like not just reply to that, but I want to, I want to, I want to kind of quote that. And it's kind of a yes. And, and yes. And is not always shitty. So is there a way, maybe if they're mutuals, I don't know if there's a way to do, but there are no, there are no quits. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So what I was going to say is like, like I, number one, I I have to opine on quote tweeting. I think that like in general, quote tweeting is net negative. It's like subtweeting. Like yeah. it's it's bad yeah. for everyone. It's yep. bad for everyone. It's bad for you. It's bad for your health. It's bad for the other person. Nobody wins. It's just lose lose for everyone. I also think that like most of the time, to be candid, it's it's petty, right? Like, totally. That's the word I would use for it. Is 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 it's like we can we can be adults here and we can just actually engage with each other directly or not engage at all. Brian, and, this is an intervention. Just so you know. No, it yeah. should be. I I, yeah. I I I have asked for this intervention. No, I know. I I I agree. I agree, I, and it's. Yeah, sorry, Chris, go ahead. Oh, go, and I, all I was going to say, and then I'll shut up, I promise. All, all I think that we, we're saying right now is we just have a future request for Mastodon to get better at unfurling URLs. That's literally all I'm saying is, like, if we can just get it to the point where we can yeah. put whether it's a tweet or a toot or something into Mastodon, and then you just see it in your browser, like a quote tweet, like, we're done. That's it. This whole conversation's yeah. over. Right. Okay, and, and actually, because I'm glad you mentioned the browser, because another thing that I love about Mastodon and the Fediverse usable from the browser no need i mean god i how much do you hate it slack and reddit i hope that there is a special place in hell for both of the people that insist on those things being seen in their apps it's like this experience is better on the app like do you want to download the app right now it's like i definitely don't go away um and i love the fact i don't know adam if you use the (laughs) no absolutely i've got used on mobile and use the app and, and definitely like the reddit like salesmanship in the browser is is in, enraging. Like, to, I mean, I just don't use Reddit as a result. I, it, it's terrible, and it's like, are you sure you want to use it on the browser? Like, are you absolutely certain about? Like, no, seriously, have you thought about all the ramifications right now of using it on the browser? Because it doesn't seem like you have. And you're like, like I don't yes. have my wallet with me. Stop, right? <laughs> stop, stop. But I love the fact that it's usable on the web on the browser. It's like you can actually use this thing. It's light. It's fast. I mean, it's been, it, it, it's really nice. Uh, yeah, it's you don't been, have like thousands of RPC calls to load the homepage. <laughs> well, well played. Yeah. Cross that one off your bingo card. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, looks like uh, we've got a hand from yes. Ignolotus. Well, on, the, on the other hand, 
even if it's built for the web, well, then your apps aren't as great because the app situation for Mastodon is not that good, honestly. Sure. And I mean, I know you, you've been on it, I think, a lot longer than I have. Um, I'm just contrasting it to the, the, the Twitter experience where it's the, the app experience has not been great there. It's, I mean, it's a, these apps are gigantic. They are they often uh, crash. I mean, they've got a lot of problems with them. But by uh, the way, I've been I've been using the PWA. I think that's what it's called, the PWA, Progressive Web App version on iOS. Just you know, the share button and add to a home screen, and it's been perfect. I, yeah. I don't know if that's also doable on on uh, Android, but like that feature for me has been it's it's been like it's like a, a separate window of Safari on its own kind of thing. But it, that experience has been perfect. Just uh, so, if anyone wants to, yeah, do that. you can do that on Android too. Yeah, you do it on Android too. I've been using both Hackaderm uh, and Mass on the Social on on Android and on Chrome, and it's awesome. Um, Moritz, you've got your your hand up. Um, yes, thank you. Um, for the for the um, for the uh, quote tweet question, um, you see, everyone said uh, it's not gonna be added to Mastodon, but Mastodon isn't the standard, and Mastodon interoperates with other activity pub implementations. So um, you can uh, already see the confusion with the uh, content warning uh, yeah. field in the standard that is defined as a subject line. And Mastodon uses it for, uh, for a content warning, but it isn't in the standard like this. So we, are, we will see an interesting social experiment where the dominant server implementations Will kind of and front end implementations will kind of um, kind of make make or make and break features and representations and what a certain thing means just by implementing it. Okay, that's interesting. And you've actually, uh, I'm glad we got to the subject because Chris, I'd love to get your take on this. On this, is, I know this has been a it's been a hot topic about this issue of what I guess I didn't realize was the subject field in activity pub, but does come across a, a content warning in, uh, in Macedon, which people kind of culturally use to um, let people know, hey, this is a subject you may not be interested in that I'm gonna expand on, politics being kind of a classic one. And then a really interesting and I think important discussion about, well, are we using that to not talk about subjects that are uncomfortable but vital and in particular, race. And you got a lot of folks from Black Twitter saying, hey, uh, the, the race should not be hidden under a content warning because this is the life that I have to live or the life that I live and this is what I'm having to endure. And I think it's very important that people see that. Um, I, the one thing I would say, because I would love your take on, on this whole, the, the, this discussion that's happening. I would say that the quality of discussion I'm seeing on this issue is much better on Mastodon than it is anywhere else, which I think is self-telling. So the, the, the way that I'm handling this, let me, let me just start off by saying is like, personally, in my opinion, and as far as I'm concerned, race should never be behind a content warning. That's just like, just like get that out of the way right away. This is people's lives. They live it every day. And, and honestly, like I can't, I can't even go outside in, in the, the United States of America without seeing the, the, the nationalism and the colonialism. And like, that's all racism. It's, it's fucking everywhere. I see it every day. Every time I walk out the front door, like, I'm not going to put that behind a content warning. However, that's me. 
So the, the rule that I'm applying to Hackaderm is your server, your rules. And so if people want to go spin up their own server and, and moderate it however they want, like that's the point of the Fediverse, right? Like we will we will block them as needed. We will suspend those accounts as needed. We will keep them out of here as needed. And I think as far as like my duty as a moderator and as an administrator, I'm not going to get in the business of being the Fediverse police. I do not yeah. want to get in the business of like going and nitpicking people's content warning and saying this should or shouldn't be and like, you know, using emojis to say that we like this or didn't like it. Like, that's not my job. We're all adults here. Like Hackaderm is for professionals. And like, as far as I'm concerned and the message I'm going to send and the influence I'm going to lead with is like, put that shit out there, get it front forward. Right. If people feel like we're being racist, it's probably because we fucking are. And we should probably be real about it. EOS. Right totally. All right. Jeremy, you just so- that's how you come to the stage. Yeah, I, the, um, the, the, the bit I have to add there is um, talking race is great. Um, don't need content warnings for that. What I do like content warnings for is uh, Twitter will autoplay um, videos of folks who look like me getting killed. And yeah, um, waking up to that in the morning or really any time of the day is super rough. Uh, and I, like, I'm very much aware of the situation. And so it's not um, like, oh, hey, this is a thing that happens. And so it's important, I think, not to lump those two things together. There's talking about roughness and there's like material that's super traumatic. Right. And is and legitimate. And so that's interesting. And then would you where would you kind of counsel people? Because this is this is again, been, it's been a hot issue. I think people are discussing. I think it's great that people are discussing this issue. Would you counsel people to look toward when 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 they're, you're talking about imagery or a video, really begin to think about what you are are posting and kind of how you're presenting that? Uh, it's tough because there's no right answer, but especially right, video, yeah. especially photos, um, like don't dampen folks' lived experience. But uh, the um, yeah graphic like graphic violence is usually an easy. Um, an easy don't different people have different experiences yeah. with text but um the, the the more you can hide it and i understand why it happens on twitter it's super inflammatory and it's great for engagement but it kills my soul yeah i i have to agree with jeremy on this one the same with us like anytime that a war breaks out here we share the information very publicly so people can know but obviously war and it's not ever good <laughs> But uh, if it's any kind of imagery or videos or even link to images and videos, uh, that, that also we learned that like people think, oh, it's not behind content warning. This link might be saved. And you go to the link. It's an awful YouTube video or a very awful uh, Reddit uh, something. The, or we decided that all of these should be behind the uh, content warning so people don't yep. get traumatized at the four in, in the morning, you know. It, totally. Yeah, that's a, a great, a very good guidance. And again, I think I, I'm heartened by the fact that, because I don't know if this has been your take too, I think the, the quality of discussion on this issue has been actually pretty good. And in general, the quality of discussion on Mastodon is way beyond what we're getting at. There is no real discussion on Twitter. I mean, there's very little true discussion on Twitter. And I'm seeing a lot of really good discussion on lots of good issues. I, I feel like if, if I was to summarize it, I would say that my experience with Mastodon is discussion is, is productive. Right. It's intended to like have some outcome and it's intended to change things and it's intended to be effective because it can be right. Like because like if we have a discussion on Mastodon about race or about content warnings, like we can change our policy later that day. 
right? Like yeah. there's a high reward, high outcome return on investment with like these discussions. And that leads to better, more high quality, more effective discussions, right? Like we have skin in the game again. We have equity in our social media again. We can actually have these discussions and roll out a change and it actually goes and, and it impacts our experience and, and the way that we're dealing with it. So like maybe a war does break out and we want to change our rules. Like that's reasonable again. We can do that. And it doesn't involve shit posting and it doesn't involve like getting millions and millions of likes and retweets and like trying to convince the world that like our cause is somehow more virtuous than another. It just is like it's mom and pop shop style like discussion. I think, and, and Chris, how, how does like a disagreement between different servers get resolved in terms of the content they moderate or don't? Is, is that how you, you know you choose to interact with other servers? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, so whenever like I fill out like a like a moderation, like I want to report someone or whatever, there is like a toggle button that says like send this to the other server. So like if you were on my server and you were like you know acting up or responding to somebody on another server and they reported you, there's like a they can opt in to like send the report and like basically go tattletale on them back to their own server mods. Um, and then there's three different levels of like blocking. There's like straight up like block this domain like at the gateway, like at layer seven. Like if any traffic comes from you know this this domain, just outright refuse it on our servers. And then there's like silence and suspend, which are like you know taking it back a little bit as you as you come closer. And then there's just like mute, which is just like mute this for your own personal user. So like you see that there are some controls on like how you can how you can manage that. And like as an administrator, we're trying to figure out like the best policies and when to do what for like our community. Um, but yeah, again, like we just like are just putting everything in GitHub and like it's it's all an experiment. We're kind of learning as we're going. And have you used all three of those levers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I've been having a problem with that. Uh, so I'm on the BSD.network server and I would uh, like to follow Adam Curry. Now I don't agree with him, but I would like to follow him, right? And my server admins have decided to block Adam Curry's Mastodon server completely, uh, which put me in a tough spot. Uh, luckily, I do have my own instance in Armenia, so I could follow him from there. But, you know, these are some kind of disagreements that you might have with your own server admin, if you're not the admin of your own server. Uh, I've also noticed that they also could, uh, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, they could also hide it. So people would not see unless they specifically follow them using the exact, you know, the username URL. And after that, you can see them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so there's... In for a moment? Oh, yeah. So oh, I actually wanted to draw back really quick to um, uh, content warnings. And I want to say I'm biased on this because I'm in a relationship with the person who came up with the concept. But uh, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to note that that person... Um, the reason that they are a thing is because um, she is a Navy veteran and she is a victim of relationship abuse. And this was a tool for her to be able to use social media without being triggered with her PTSD that she has. Um, and so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when we're talking about content warnings. It's that's kind of what the purpose of it was to prevent people who need to not see certain types of content from seeing that content. Well, and I think, it, yeah, yeah, and it, just to, to Jeremy's point too, or part, I, mean, I think that the, the kind of the key is like, you've got a human being on the other side of this and it's exactly. not, it, it, you're not just about eyeballs and clicks, likes, virality. I mean, another kind of like meta point here, and Chris, I want to get back to what you're saying, but the, is it is harder to go viral on Mastodon at some level 
it's harder for, I think, a hot take to go viral. I think that is a great thing. The engagement yes. that I have seen a mass on is higher than, I'm, than I've seen in Twitter in a long time. And I mean, like, real engagement, where people are, like, people are reading something and commenting on it or adding their own thing. Or, I mean, there's a lot of really good, a lot of very positive engagement, but it, do not expect a hot take to go viral because it won't. And I think that's actually great. I think it's a good thing. And as far as Federation goes, yeah, that that there can very much be issues along that. Um, there's a lot of instances that defederate with a lot of other instances for a lot of reasons, some of which are very good reasons and some of which are very silly. I mean, it's pretty obvious why you would want to defederate with something like Truth.Social or Gab, I think. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> oh, that was there's, but there's there's also... Um, there's also a lot of instances that will defederate with other instances. Like, for example, the one I'm on, uh, Nyada Social is a Miski instance and doesn't publish uh, the list of instances we have defederated with. And so because of that, there are other instances who uh, I have friends hmm. or I have had friends on that just because they can't see our block lists, they defederate with us automatically. Um, and so there's been drama around that. There's often a lot of meta discussion and it can get very heated. Um, you haven't seen any of the meta discussion that happened happens on Mastodon yet, and I assure you, it gets bad in a way that you can't really get on Twitter. But I still don't think that necessarily is a net negative. Well, yeah, it's, it's just that there's an entirely new type of drama that can happen because it's a new type of social network. Okay, I, I gotta, I gotta run. Um, you bet. Yep, I'll talk to everyone later. And strong plus one on on the last comments. And I think I learned a lot about content warning just now and how it's it's there's it's 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 like an accessibility thing that you can like offer yes. as as a way for people to like manage it on their end. And it's just yes, like, it's, that's it's, a great it's, way to say it. It's an accessibility tool, right? It's a data entry thing, right? Like, and if like we don't like the way that the UI doesn't like deal with the data, then like we change the UI. But like like yeah image descriptions up there. there's just people to... out there who can't manage it the same way that uh we can't like you know for for one reason or another and as somebody who's a trauma survivor myself and in a trauma family strong plus one chris thanks awesome. so much for joining us really appreciate it yeah and chris thank you for everything you're doing with hackaderm it's awesome um it's a, a huge service um and we i think as folks may have seen but um oxide is, is proud to be the the first uh company on on hackaderm so that was that's been a lot of fun thank you very much for the content warning thing, um, uh, a few days ago, I talked to someone who said, well, I don't know what to CV because, well, uh, I'm a, in this ca case, the person is uh, autistic. And so uh, assume or interpreting what, what could be triggering is a very hard mental task for them. And no, no list exists, uh, at least on the instance they were on. And uh, we talked about it and had some inter interesting discussion. And the thing we got out, out of this is that the UI could support this because at the moment you hmm. only can do all, expand all CVs or collapse all CVs. And there's no real way to filter between CVs you want to, ex uh, to auto expand uh, and those you don't because there's no standardization. We don't. There, the the UI could help by uh, sampling the local or federated timeline and look at the CVs and provide you with an example list. The, these are the top 10 CVs and there's a freeform field. So CVs, CV topics could uh, organically in the community make, make themselves 
um, for a social standard without the need for process or, or configuration. Just well, and I think, I, yeah, sorry, Adam, go ahead. And, yeah, there's also the, but the, the thing is right now it's a freeform field and there's zero, uh, zero uh, structure to it, uh, zero validation. As, as it said, it's uh, a subject line that was repurposed essentially as a CV. So I think it's important for it to remain an open-ended field, just yeah. noting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so, and I think that, I mean, to me, kind of the, the, the higher order bit is this is a, uh, this is functionality that users of this want. But those of us, if, if on a commercial site where we are not buying a product, but we famously are the product, they are less incentivized to give us these kinds of tools. So I think that there's a lot of reason for optimism. This is going to be an issue that I think there's going to be a lot of discussion on. And, and as you point out, there's lots of room for improvement. Uh, and one of the things I yeah, want sorry, to say, ahead, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, one of the things I do want to say is that I am also autistic. And so are most of the people in my friend group. And we tend not to have a lot of issues with this. But the thing is, what we've done is we've developed sort of this social understanding that if, you know, if someone you follow uh, or well, if you see content that you think should be content warned and you know the person who, who uh, like posted it, you could just message them and say, hey, in the future, can you content warn this? And there's no judgment, nothing like that between us. And that's totally. kind of how it's worked. But if you if you don't already have that social network in, you know, on Mastodon where you have that kind of convention going, I, can, I do understand how that can be confusing. Well, and I, I do think, uh, and Adam, you famously gave me a book for my birthday. Uh, <laughs> so you've been publicly shamed. Um, <laughs> it's like, I think, I think you might know a thing or two about this. Um, and it, uh, actually, really, really good book. Um, and I do think that the Mastodon is less incentivized towards public shaming, which I think is, um, I think has got a lot of positives associated with it. Um, th there's a lot of things that like we have, and just linear to your, to your earlier point of like, this is something you can message someone privately and say, hey, by the way, like you may want to rethink this next time and you actually affect some change. Well, uh, and not yes, like there isn't public shaming. No, no, I, I, no, I, I know that. No, I know we, we definitely have not eliminated humanity here. But I, I, I want to oh, get, yeah. I, I want to get, uh, Marin in Tim in, uh, you've had your hand up a bunch. I want, I want you to get, it, get you in here. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Uh, I just wanted uh, first to name drop a few projects. Uh, first is a PVA uh, Pinafore. It's a Mastodon client. It's uh, PWA, developed by great contenders, and it's uh, awesome. And uh, Lemmy is actually written in Rust. And <laughs> this leads to my next point that uh, unfortunately activity pub is in my view suffering from the same problem as jabber where there is basic protocol but there is no guarantee that you will have all the features right so for example right. so uh and actually it goes uh, uh, a long way back there was a split between activity pub folks and indie web folks uh, the second uh, bunch focused more on ux and the first one focused more on protocols. Yeah, so, far it, uh, so far, it wasn't great on uh, either side. And I think it would be a very, what's the word, interesting to see whether the new interest in ActivityPub would actually fill it with more features. Because in, in the web, bots are kind of 
in their own homes. Each one is developing their feature, and activity pub is, in my view, suffering from a little bit of design by committee. Interesting. Well, and that, and that's a peril of having more people interested in a thing is not always better. I mean, people in open source communities, we always think large communities are better than small communities, but having been in both very large communities and very small communities, very small communities have some things to be said for themselves <laughs> because it is much easier to get consensus than you don't have a bunch of new interests coming in. On the other hand, there is the interesting interoperability that this allows where, for example, I can post a video of something on PeerTube and then on my Mastodon or Miski instance, I can boost that so other people will see it and people can reply back and it will show up as a comment on the video. And I think that's just really interesting how it also totally. enables things like that. That is really cool. And would anything that would make YouTube comments not an absolute hellhole would be very <laughs> much welcome. Uh, Jeremy, you got your hand up. Yeah, I was going to uh, add, I've uh, received one more uh, unexpected benefit from federated instances and the decentralization making uh, my name less valuable. Um, I am uh, Penguin on Hackyderm, but on Twitter, there can only be one AHL. There can only be one Penguin. And so if you are late, uh, no vanity for you, first name, bunch of numbers, uh, which seems fine, except uh, for myself, the downside has been I'm a persistent target for spam and for hacks and oh. for uh, death threats because it's when a Twitch user or a, or a professional video gamer is like, but that's a thing that I call myself and I'm a 14 year old who doesn't know about swatting <laughs> so, oh, uh, is cool. Okay, so I thought it was so it's people who are like want to challenge you for the, the, the name. I thought it was people who are coming after you because they're associating you with other penguins. Like, look, I hate penguins. I finally found the penguin here. But this is actually like people who are like, no, I'm the penguin. You're not the penguin. <laughs> you, you I actually a dropped a previous username because of someone doing this and essentially later trying to impersonate me. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's so interesting. So, but so on, so this actually, uh, Jeremy, because I have, th I've had this question about. Uh, there and I know Adam is it, because he, uh, his plan of having the American Hockey League's Mastodon. Uh, <laughs> the um, so there can be multiple. Every instance can have its own. Uh, the IDs are not unified across instances. Is that right? Much the same way. Much the same way as email. Right. You your um, your name at instance, and so um, there can be a penguin at uh, Mastodon Social, a penguin at Octodon, a penguin at Masto, a penguin, all of the. All the other instances can have a duplicate of your name, much like, you know, going to a startup early. It's cool to get Jeremy at the place. But when you go to a 100,000 person organization, there's a great chance that they've hired another Jeremy who was born between 1976 and 1983 at the uh, popular name then. And uh, and so you don't uh, you don't get it uh, much like, if you're inside the same company or inside the same instance. But thousands of instances, thousands of people with your exact name. All right, so Adam's plan of putting the American Hockey League in a box is going to require – Adam, you're going to have to go to every instance you can think of to create AHL to prevent them. You know, this is actually delightful because now they can have their own AHL at, you know, hockey.social or whatever, and no one will need to tell me about the latest checkers uh, controversy or the Calder Cup outcome or anything like that. So I'm realizing where this all started too. Um, do you know why I'm Penguin? No. No. It's because Jeremy was taken. Do you know by who? Oh, I do know by, yes, I know Jeremy. Absolutely. I know, I, uh, yeah. That is funny. Jeremy screwed you. <laughs> right? Oh. User number 12, maybe? User number 12, I loved. Have you met Jeremy? Uh, yeah, no, we've, um, we've been out in Berkeley. Yeah, Jeremy is great. 
And so I, there's so much I love about Jeremy. Jeremy was just like, because I was dealing with Jeremy in 2007 when we were, when Twitter was a tire fire and the fail whale. And he was just like, help me, get me out of here. Like I am, <laughs> I am. And he did say, I remember he said like, the first opportunity I get to sell everything and leave, I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, well, let's debunk your problem right now. I mean, it was just like, it was, and sure enough, that's basically what he did. And like, good on him. I thought it, it's, uh, he was like slipping you a note, like palming you a note, like, help me, get me out of here. Right. Like, <laughs> why does it say, do not read, oh, do not read aloud. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right. Exactly. He, uh, but he, I really like Jeremy. So Jeremy, I'm very sorry that the, I, cause I would love to, join you in obviously disparaging original Jeremy, but original Jeremy is first Jeremy. What do we call him? I'm not sure. Sorry. <laughs> J- J- Jeremy prime, just Jeremy, Jeremy on Twitter. <laughs> just no, there's, Jeremy. There's, there's, there's no the Jeremy. Yeah. Did you go like, were you going to, and I guess that you probably predate like the real Jeremy or, you know, you could have taken all these other, um, well, you can, uh, that's interesting. So then you, th- that was the birth of, of Penguin. Um, and then are you, Jeremy, on Macedon? Are you st- sticking with Penguin? Are you? Yeah, I mean, I was a, I'm not going to say day zero, but I, on Hackaderm was like April, whatever it is, 24th or something, 25th, whatever the second day was. And so on that particular <laughs> instance, uh, yes. On another particular instance, I joined uh, 2017 or 2018. Yes, but I'm not going to try and like do the name rush of however many tens of right. thousands of instances are. That feels like a path to madness. Right. I also, I'm not going to say day zero because I refer to, I prefer to phrase it as hour 14. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, that is, that's awesome. And so, and Jeremy, have you been using, so you're early on Hackaderm and have you switched your engagement note now over primarily to, to Mastodon? Uh, no. And uh, I had joined Hackaderm, but not, um, uh, but not started posting. Like uh, Twitter was a, it was something to explore. Um, still on Twitter, on Mastodon, more a lot more in re, a lot more in read mode. A lot of it's still, you know, you, you're floating in the in the water in the wreckage, and you're trying to find your uh, trying to find your people now. There's not the discovery mechanism, but I just mentioned why not having the discovery mechanism is, is really nice because that means that um, the bad folks don't find me as quickly. And so, um, but yeah, I've, I've got a foot in both worlds right now. Did you see Paul Ford's? Uh... I can't bring myself to say toot, but it was a toot as uh, the uh, Paul Ford's published Mastodon post um, that this is, he describes this condition that you're in as purgatory um, where you are in between the bird site and Mastodon um, and kind of feet in, in both domains. Uh, One thing I did want to mention the, uh, that I don't think we've hit on yet, but Adam, I am loving the 500 character limit. Oh yeah. That's great. But uh, okay. This is a dumb one, but, I see other toots that seem to go well past that. Is yes, that because, it is. It is, is server that a specific. Server? Yeah. Yes, it's server. So, for example, when I post from my WordPress using the ActivityPub plugin, it, uh, I told it to publish the whole post. And for example, hmm. what my Armenian server does have character limits. Just it's, it's just a default configuration. And for example, BSD.network has like five thousand character limit. I think. So it, it is server specific. The protocol but, does not define a limitation. Okay, so it the, is considered good etiquette for long posts to be CW just for being long. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think most server software has like a limit of what they will accept at like 8,000 characters or so, but you can bu- just bump it uh, if you have your own server to whatever. 
that's interesting. Well, I the I'm on Mastodon.social, which I think is I I think it was one of the early instances. That's I, certainly I seem to have created it when they first announced it, um, which has a 500 character limit, which I found to be just that different. There's a big difference, as it turns out, between 280 and 500. And because the tweet thread is the other thing, Adam, that is a feature. Have you done the tweet storms? Have you? Yeah, well, I for for I mean, I, I know that you read them, but every week for this show, when when I announce yes, the, right, right. the, the yes. videos, I do. I don't, and I got to say, I, I was not clear on what how how much I was violating etiquette rules on Mastodon as I toot stormed, uh, you know, some of the content from from these videos. Okay, so you're just using like you're you're past toot. Toot is fine. You're I'm just not like... really. I'm not really. I, when I, when you hear me say it, there are quotation marks around it. Okay. But I also heard you say toot storm, but you just seem to like just go. I mean, you didn't seem to slow the car down. Oh, I vomited in my mouth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. what happened. Yeah. So I'm going to have to replay the recording, see if yeah. I can do that moment. I'm not sure that I heard it. Um, it I'm on Miss Key, so it's called a note. I know. Well, and on, I did know that Mass on Social does say publish instead of toot as the verb. Um, the uh, Stephen O'Grady had a blog post that you linked to, Adam, that I thought was really good. Um, the, and I, I know you had a couple of questions on there. I, th- I feel we've hit a lot of them today, but are, are, were the questions on there that you saw that we have not actually, well, you know, one of those things that he brought up that we, we haven't really talked about is the money. Yeah. Uh, like, like how does this become sustainable? Um, I do, I do love this zeitgeist of folks saying like eight bucks a month, forget about it. But, you know, for example, I'm, I'm paying 10 bucks a month, uh, on Patreon for mastodon.social. Um, but, but I, I think how this all becomes, uh, sustainably financed is an interesting topic. Can I answer well, that? Please. So I, uh, I can share maybe is that, uh, in around 2018, 2019, uh, myfreecamps.com, uh, secretly sponsored basically the entire Pleroma uh, development team. It was like six people, I think at that time. And they basically pay them to develop Pleroma for some reasons. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, economically, this is going to be decentralized, so it's going to look different. Um, and I think that if you, you know, to, to Chris's earlier point about uh, knowing, kind of having the, the, this human-to-human contact, I think, you know, Adam, I think people are more likely to do the, the Patreon, the, the $10 a month Patreon. I think the $8 per month for Twitter Blue, I think that may be a point of principle. This may be surprising to learn. No, that's fair <laughs> enough. And actually, I mean, I, this is an, an embarrassing reveal now, but this is a safe space. Like, I was paying the 3 bucks a month uh, for the old Twitter Blue or whatever, in part because I felt like I took a lot from the site. And sure, like, I wanted, I wanted the thing to exist. Now, obviously, I have fairly complicated feelings about that. Um, but I think it's it's born of the same you know motivation that that gives ten dollars a month to the Patreon uh, site. And I don't think it's going to be. It would be interesting to see how expensive it is to run. I because I, I think that the when you are uh, when you take we don't have a company behind it. You also don't have a lot of costs associated with it. I mean, people are a lot of the costs of Twitter. It's not just infrastructure. Yes. 
that's what I was going to say. So one of the reasons why our Armenian instances have been sustainable was two things. One of them is uh, we have uh, a lot of volunteers in different aspects, not just moderators on the web interface to you know help us with the reporting and banning and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of times when, for example, when we teach children programming and systems in Unix, we tell them, yo, can you get on the system and let's say upgrade a package on this FreeBSD or install the latest version of Docker because of some reason. So that's one thing that ha has helped us to become sustainable, giving the users of the system that we trust more access. So we, the founders, quote unquote, uh, of the instance uh, have, you know, we have also other lives to do. And the second thing is that we realized is actually company sponsorship, which has been very weirdly working. So one of the instances here is done by my friend. So he runs his uh, server physically in our company's data center. My other friend who runs it in the other side of the country, he asked his own company that, can you give me, let's say, 20 bucks a month so I will put my server of uh, Mastodon and on the about page, I will say, you know, happily sponsored by this software development company that no one has ever heard of, has like two customers that is outsourcing. And they're like, yeah, sure, it's, it's nothing. You know, it's just a small amount of money for electricity and hard drives. And one of their sysadmins are, is helping that instance, quote unquote, founder to replace the disk once in a while and stuff like that. So it's been more like a human interaction that has been, it's been people who be keeping it uh, sustainable, not, not even our own users, but the people that we know on the instance, the human connection has made it very, very, very sustainable for us. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I think that that is, there's a, really something to that. I mean, when we were, you know, looking for a, a, a spot for Oxide, because obviously I, I think that the social has been very important for Oxide and we love our community here. And, but knowing that it really is not going to continue on, on Twitter spaces or Twitter, um, you know, I, Chris and I had a conversation and like, all right, what, what do we want this to look like? And the and I'm excited to support Hackaderm however we can. That's going to be in some monetary support. And ideally, I think that we, we want to live the dream of of getting Hackaderm running um, on an oxide. Yes, rack. please. Yes, yeah, please. Right. I, I think that there are some. I and maybe even from Kristen, I know she, she had to split the. I, I, that oxide rack will definitely, it's definitely not a home lab kind of a rack unless you've got 15 KW <laughs> in your basement. You know, so. right. This is why I was asking about some of the gear that was running it after I saw Chris's tweet about yeah. uh, running it on oxide gear, which I'm all for. Uh, it's just, uh, I mean, the oxide rack is kind of a big boy. It, 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 it's chunking, but we've got... Uh, it would be that. massively overkill. <laughs> it, it would be massively overkill, but it would also be, I think... Uh, it would be a lot of fun for us to, I mean, it, for it, sure. and it would be a good use case for us. And then also a great way to give back because honestly, and you know, Adam, you and I have said over and over again, we would gladly buy Twitter spaces as a product. This is valuable to us, to Oxide. We would absolutely pay for it. There's no way to do that right now in Twitter. Um, that is the product I would pay for. Um, and I, I think that for there are social engagement has value to co to companies that is not advertising, and I think that we are we we've lived our in this kind of very narrow idea that the only value of social networking is advertising, and that's not the only value. And we can actually get to value that's much more organic, I think. And then we are, I think companies can be willing to contribute to. So and trying to just your point about like, it doesn't surprise me that a company is willing to help. 
to yeah, play uh, there, there may be kind of a generational shift on this as well, where I, I feel like, and Brian, I, I don't know if I, I speak for our generation, but there was kind of anathema to, to paying for things that feel like they should be free, that, that led to uh, ad sponsorship. Whereas I feel like uh, younger generations have much more familiarity with, you know, rather than buying their music, they're very happy to pay for Spotify in a way that I was reluctant to. Uh, and maybe this is a, another part of that shift where folks are happy to pay, you know, the five, 10, 20 bucks a month for access for, for these social sites. Whereas, you know, our, our generation maybe balked at it. Yeah, I think so. And I think they're, they're definitely different models. We, we can have a, we can get commercial viability without necessarily the Twitter model. The Twitter model is not the only model to commercial viability. And indeed, it might not even be a model to commercial viability. <laughs> right, which, which is, to, right, right. Is it indeed a model, right? And then same thing with Facebook, right? Like we're, as, as we see, it's uh, faltered, faltering. Oh, I just wanted to add that I personally should thank the Americans in the chat here because our next server is sponsored by USAID. Oh, wow. wow. That's really interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> Our next servers are sponsored with uh, via USAID. They agreed to give us uh, a lot of desktops for the children to study, as well as a desktop that should have server-like specs, let's put it that way, uh, so, so we can host our stuff on there as well, both the internal Git stuff as well as external Mastodon stuff. So uh, I know, uh, I, told, I, I can't believe I just forgot about it. I was literally in their office today talking about delivering these servers to the town. Uh, the town that does have a Mastodon instance of its own. That Above is from U.S. taxpayers' money. Thank you very much, all. <laughs> that is great. Well, and, and I feel that like with these organizations like USAID, you've got people who are so, and hopefully you found this to be the case in Armenia, but people, who, civil, civic servants, civil servants who are very well-meaning on the ground, who often have to deal with a lot of bureaucratic entities. So I'm glad there's some positivity coming out of that. That is, that is really great. Um, I, and exciting to hear. There, I, so I want to. We do need to wrap, um, but I, I did want to hit two other points that I, Adam would love your, your take on. Um, one is the uh, the I kind of like the impaired searchability of Mastodon. Well, um, what, what, do you, what do you like about it? Oh, so what I like about it is that it it, it does not lend itself well to I want to go I want to go be mad. Uh. I, I want to go find someone who is is uh, is, um, uh, is saying something that I disagree with, and I want to be mad about it. Totally fair, uh, and, and uh, guilty as charged in terms of using Twitter search uh, for that mechanism. Yeah, totally agreed. And I think it's important to know that uh, people on Metaverse have have responded uh, harshly to even attempts at providing search. Well, and I, I, and I kind of get it. At first, I'm like, oh, that seems ridiculous. And then I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. Actually, make it a little harder for people to seek out being enraged. Um, and I say that actually because I need to impair myself because it's like, it, 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 this is like <laughs> I'm having that intervention with myself, right? Um, and then the other thing, I, it, I know you and I both like these kind of coteries of specialists that have found their way on the Twitter. I, I find it super interesting, right? You got like yeah. weather, Twitter, whatever. And I know they've been really concerned about those coteries moving, but I find that they're moving pretty quick. As it turns out, like if you're like, a, like if you do 
you know, if you're a meteorologist or you're a neuroscientist or you're an epidemiologist, you can actually figure out Mastodon. It's actually not that hard to figure out. Uh, they And those coteries seem to be moving. Uh, is that your experience? Do you have any particular well, coveries you like? So, I mean, I guess the, the ones that I have been most interested in, in particular in like the last, say, uh, six days has been election and politics related ones. And I don't, I haven't found that to have moved yet. I found a, a bunch of folks that I like um, have, have kind of not, uh, have been eager for Mastodon, but, but sort of uh, blocked at the gates from some of these, uh, as we discussed, uh, low uh, ramification, low consequence decisions, um, but a little bit stymied. So I don't know. I, th I think some of the communities that I have been following recently have not necessarily made the jump yet. Oh, oh I have. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot today. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, the two things that we also have done, and uh, I think a lot of people will not like us about this. For example, the blogs that we like, Brian, your blog being one of them and Adam too, is uh, because your blog doesn't support ActivityPub, we have an RSS to ActivityPub publisher. Oh, so cool. whenever you write a new blog, it takes the content and publishes publishes it to ActivityPub. Uh, that's one of the things that we did. And the second thing is we've done a survey, I think last year, 80-plus uh, percent of our users were not in tech. Like they were not developers, oh, nothing great. like wow. that. Uh, I don't know how did that happen. They were Some of them were teachers in, in rural areas. Some of them were uh students and the only thing that we saw in co in common is that they were nerds as in like they they had something that they wanted to talk about one of them just wanted to toot about their experience in another city like they just wanted a safe space about that instead of being a mainstream media so i don't think it's complicated for your communities adam to bring to mastodon uh they just need like a guide an faq maybe you know that's, that's right someone to hold their hand along the way i think that's right Exactly. Or, the, or, or, the, or some protracted Twitter downtime, which surely is... <laughs> That'll be a strong motivator, for sure. Exactly. All right, uh, Morrison, you got your hand up. I think this is going to be the last point. Um, and um, we, we want to wrap here, but I know you've had your hand up for a long time. Thanks. Um, a few days ago, um, with the last big influx of uh, Twitter users, um, our local instance um, had to scale up. So they already closed registrations, but because the Fidiverse got bigger and there was more traffic, they had to buy a bigger server. So for the sustainability and financing um, aspect we already uh, touched on, I think the, um, the efficiency of the protocol and implementations is very important because it can keep costs down or yes. make them explode. The question is, has anyone looked yet uh, really at the limits of of efficiency uh, in the activity pub protocol. We had some some very preliminary dis discussions uh, locally, but nothing really technical with figures and stuff like that. Well, and I, I think that we can definitely count on lots of folks looking at that those kinds of things um, in the, the the days and weeks to come. Um, I do I, I do want to wrap because we, we, we've got a split. Um, but uh, thank you very much, um, Adam. I think we, our next are, is this going to be our last space, or are we going to? What do you think is our? Uh... Uh, let's set that as the goal. Uh, we got a lot of work to do this week to make that true, but uh, that, the goal is a week from today we're on a different platform, and and 
uh, the fallback is we'll be back here. Well, and actually, I can't. Uh, a week from today, um, I'm we're traveling for Thanksgiving, so I'm I'm actually even out. better. You, right. you, you, turns out you and me both. I just forgot. So we got two weeks. Perfect. We, you can get almost anything done in two weeks. In two weeks, that's plenty of time. So we don't even sure. have to think about it for the. No, <laughs> the um, but so uh, suggestions very much welcome. Um, again, we love the ability for people to be able to, to get up on stage um, and uh, and hear from people we haven't heard from before. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh, and we will uh, see you on Mastodon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>